an opening prayer. Father God Almighty, we thank you for today, oh God. We thank you for life. We thank you for strength. We thank you for who you are to each and every one of us, your children. Father, we thank you for a time to gather before your presence this afternoon, almighty and everlasting God. And Father, we're truly grateful, oh Lord, my God, that you're here with us, almighty and everlasting Father. Father God Almighty, we come before you this afternoon, O Lord, my God, that as we come to worship you, to praise you, O God, and to pray, Father, we come with our hearts, Almighty God. Open our ears to hear you, O God. Open our eyes to see the things you want us to see, O God. Give us understanding of your ways, O God. Father, give us a deeper hunger for more of you and less of us, O God. Father, Lord Almighty, we ask, O Lord, our God, that our steps be aligned to your will, your plan, your purposes, O God. Father, Lord Almighty, we thank you for your vessels you're going to use this afternoon, O God, to lead us in the time of praise and worship, O God. Father, Lord Almighty, let every word we lift up be acceptable to you. Father, we thank you for your vessel, Pastor Emeka Almighty God, who's going to lead us in a time of prayer. Father, Lord Almighty, we ask, O Lord, my God, that every word we lift up before you this afternoon, O God, you will hear us, O God, and you will do great and mighty things in each and every one of our lives. Father, we thank you, O God, for testimonies, almighty and everlasting, Father. Father, we thank you for who you are to us. Thank you for pouring out your spirit upon us, O God, and letting us go forth to do what you will have us do, almighty God, to be doers of your word, not just hearers, almighty and everlasting God. Father, we give all the glory, all the praise, all the honor and adoration to you, for you indeed are good, you indeed are faithful, you indeed are steadfast in all your ways. We worship you, we honor and adore you. For this we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Here we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring sacrifice of praise into the midst of our brethren as we offer unto you the sacrifices of thanksgiving as we offer unto you the sacrifices of praise. Here we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring sacrifice of praise into the presence of the Lord as we offer unto you hey, the sacrifice 
thanksgiving as we offer on to you the sacrifices of praise oh we bring the sacrifice of praise into the presence of our king we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the lord as we offer as we offer unto you the sacrifices of thanksgiving as we offer unto you the sacrifices of praise as we offer unto you the sacrifice of thanksgiving as we offer unto you hey, the sacrifice of praise as we offer unto you the sacrifice of as we offer unto you the sacrifice Talo da bire iwoba woba Talo da bire iwola to biju
my God. When I in awesome wonder consider the good you've done for me. I see my life, testimonies all around me. Your path throughout my history is played. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee.
sound over everyone represented here today. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We sing over every life. Greater, there's no one greater. 
there's no one stronger there's no one stronger There's no one better. Yeah, Jesus, there is no one greater. Trustworthy, 
you can't be trusted you have proven yourself over and over again time and time again Father, let's just go ahead and worship you. Open your mouth and just speak wonderful, gracious, beautiful name. Don't be inspired. The Lord of the Lord of hosts, our heavenly the living word, the light of God, the light that shines in darkness and darkness around. Let's reveal our comfort, our counsel, our cornerstone, covenant. Keeping God, our deliverer, our defender, the invisible God, everlasting Father, eternal God, 
God is not like you, faithful God. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness has conquered mountains. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you honor. You are a good, good Father. You are gracious and kind, full of compassion, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. Oh, we bless you, Jehovah, the immortal, the invisible, the only wise God. We give you praise, Jehovah. We worship you. We give you honor. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen. Paul wrote, he said, a great and effectual door has been opened unto me. But there are many adversaries. Great testimonies are ahead of me. But there are many adversaries. Great breakthroughs are ahead of me. But there are many adversaries. But we are not incompetent or powerless where the adversaries are. We have the name of Jesus and every name bows to that name. So I want you to pray this afternoon and say, Father, every adversary to my testimonies this season, I command them to give way in the name of Jesus. Father, every adversary to my testimonies this season, I command them to give way. They bow in the name of Jesus. They bow in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice wherever you are. Every adversary to my testimonies, my breakthroughs, my victories in this season, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I command them to give way. I command them to give way. Whether they are the size of Goliath, whether they represent the wall of Jericho, I command them to give way. Every adversary to my testimonies, I must lay hold of my testimonies this season. Testimonies of divine beautification. Every adversary to these testimonies, every opposition to these testimonies, I command you right now, you give way in the name of Jesus. You give way in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jehovah, the man of war. His mercies endureth forever and ever. Oh, praise his holy The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jehovah, the man of war, the Lord of hosts. The one who has never lost a war. The one who opens and no one can shut. The God who shuts and no one can open. We worship you this day. We commit our meeting this day into your hands. Father, take absolute control in the name of Jesus. Sweet Holy Spirit, you said where two or three are gathered in your name, you're already there, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We receive your presence with us right now. And even as we pray, as we study, as we speak your word, that your word you will carry with power and reach out and deliver testimonies into the hands of your children. This day, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God Almighty. Our hearts are open to receive the word you have for us today in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that word will profit us because it will be mixed with faith, oh God, even as we hear. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. And when it comes to the time to pray, precious Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace and supplication overshadows every one of us that we pray and we pray through in the name of Jesus. For the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Our prayers will avail much today in the name of Jesus. Cover the atmosphere with the blood of Jesus. And we thank you, God Almighty, for your word. Blessed be your name forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen, wherever you are. Praise the Lord. You know that we started a few weeks back on the subject as the Lord gave us on progress at the speed of favor. Progress at the speed of favor. And we've been dealing with the four aspects of four um, steps to that. And one of them we mentioned, what was the first one? We said there will be divine remembrance and which we saw in the two stories that we have been using as the two witnesses to this um, divine beautification, the story of Joseph and the story of Mephibosheth. And so we said first there will be divine remembrance, just the way that suddenly the butler of Pharaoh remembered Joseph. And the same way David got up one day and said, is there anybody in the house of um, Jonathan that I need to do something for? There was that remembrance, and we said, number two, is a divine appointment. Again, Pharaoh said, concerning Joseph, bring him to me. The same thing David said, bring him. When they said there's one Mephibosheth, bring him to me. So there was divine appointment. And then thirdly, which we discussed last week, there has to be divine favor at that divine appointment for there to be divine beautification. And of course, in both cases, you saw favor. All that Joseph said was acceptable to Pharaoh. He didn't even bother asking anybody, what do you think, what do you think? Favor went before him. The same thing with Mephibosheth. He came, bowed before David. Before he even spoke, David said, fear not. I've decided to do you good. In other words, he had divine favor. And of course, in the end, the end result of all of this was divine beautification. Praise the Lord. And so today we'll just round it off with this divine beautification in itself. What is it? Praise God. Now, this, this morning as I was prayerfully preparing, I had, I had prolonged laughter. And I knew it wasn't these ears that I heard it. It wasn't these ones. It was in the spirit. And so I want to believe for somebody that you are entering today into your season of laughter in the name of Jesus. God is bringing you into a season of laughter in the mighty name of Jesus and ensure that we hear your testimony. Praise God. And so divine beautification. I'll just quickly read um, clips of the Genesis and also, um, let me just take the Genesis for now. Genesis chapter 41. That's the story of Joseph. You will see what divine beautification did in his life. Genesis chapter 41, verses 40, skip to 42, and then through to 44. 40, thou shalt be, this is Pharaoh pronouncing, thou shalt be over my house. You see divine beautification. And according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Divine beautification. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. This is Pharaoh declaring to an ex-con, somebody who was just brought in from the prison. Verse 42, and Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand 
and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures. You see the beautification of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bowed in him, and he made him ruler over the land of Egypt. I'll stop at verse 43. So you see, in Joseph's case, what happened was that his long-awaited dream that had looked impossible came to pass. That's a manifestation of divine beautification. When your long-awaited, impossible-looking dream comes to pass, I don't know who you are, but that's the divine beautification God is going to do for you this season in the name of Jesus. Why don't you, in that case, open your mouth and pray this prayer with me quickly. Say, Father, Father, that very dream that you have put in my heart, that the enemy appears to have destroyed, I call it forth to manifestation now in the name of Jesus. I call it forth to manifestation now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, that very dream that you have put in my heart, that the enemy appears to have destroyed, from all indications, it looks like the dream has been killed totally. I call it forth to manifestation now in the name of Jesus, because Joseph's dream of rulership seemed like it had ended when he was at the lowest in the pits in the prison. But Lord, you brought it forth to manifestation by divine beautification. Father, in the name of Jesus, that very dream that you have put in my heart, that it appears that the enemy has completely destroyed, taken out of the way, has killed completely. I call it forth in the name of Jesus to manifestation today. I command it to come forth. Just the way you spoke at the tomb of Lazarus, I say come forth in the name of Jesus. I command the dream to come forth right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I call it forth to manifestation in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. <clears throat> I don't know what that dream is, but whatever dream has been in your heart that God has put there, but lately it appears like it's all gone. The enemy has destroyed it completely. There's no way it's coming to pass. Glory be to God. By the power of resurrection in the name of Jesus. I set myself in agreement with you and I command it to come forth unto manifestation now in the name of Jesus. So listen to that of the divine beautification of, of um, Mephibosheth. 2 Samuel chapter 9, 7, verses 7, 9, and then through to 10. 2 Samuel chapter 9, read 7, and then 9 and 10. And David said unto him, notice there's a pronouncement. So pay attention to pronouncements that will come forth this afternoon by the Holy Spirit. Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness. I believe somebody saying amen. For Jonathan, thy father's sake, and will restore, you see restoration again, restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. You see divine beautification. Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore, that Ziba, and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, divine beautification. Thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. In other words, all these people 
have now been put under Mephibosheth. 15 plus 20, 25, plus Ziba himself, 26 of them. For a man who was caught in somewhere in Mephibosheth, divine beautification came. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to take this prayer with me. What happened with Mephibosheth? What divine beautification did for him was that divine beautification brought restoration. All that he had lost, royalty, he had lost it. His house, everything he had lost. Divine beautification brought it. I want you to pray. Put it this way. Pray with all of your heart and say, Father, that which from all indications appears clearly lost, I command restoration now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, that which from all indications appears like I've clearly lost it, appears like it's gone forever, it's been taken from me. I command restoration in the name of the Lord Jesus. I command restoration. I don't know what it is that it seems like you've lost. It may be a project, it may be it, whatever it is, an admission, whatever it is, call forth, command restoration now. Command it in the name of Jesus. That's what happened to Mephibosheth. He had lost, he's not thinking of royalty, he's just hiding his head somewhere in a lowly place. But God, by the power of divine beautification, brought all of them back to him to the point where he's, he's beginning to eat now at the king's table. Father, that from all indications, in every way seems like it's been lost, never to be regained. I command restoration in the name of Jesus. I command restoration from the east, west, north, south. In the mighty name of Jesus, I call it forth. It is restored now unto me in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Say big amen to that. Restoration is yours. Okay. That's just in reading the text and the prayers that the Lord laid in my heart as we are putting down the text. There's one athlete that if I had a choice to meet, maybe one or two athletes have a meeting with them. You know one I would actually want to meet and talk with? One called Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt because when I watch his races, I see him, he's like never under tension, never intimidated when he's about to run. In fact, it's as if he's excited to run. One particular I was watching, he was getting close to the finish line and somebody was very close to him, coughing and puffing as if he's going to ensure that he beats Hussein. I saw in this video, Hussein just um, looked at him as he was approaching the finish line with a smirk on his face that looks like, yeah, you may try, but you ain't gonna get me. And as soon as he looked at the guy, smiled, turned away, he just effortlessly tumbled ahead of this guy, hit the, uh, his breast on the, on the tape and won again. And that confidence, that excitement, that lack of intimidation just tells that this is where he flourishes. And it, somehow he just knows that, look, you can't touch me in this, in this arena. Praise God, even when the start is not so good. But I'm saying that to say this. Sometimes hopelessness intimidates us. When they say something is hopeless, there's that air of intimidation or fear. Your heart just drops, fear grips you, all these such phrases that people use. But let me tell you something. 
God is not intimidated by how hopeless a situation, a case, or a matter is at all. He's not intimidated. If you read in Mark chapter 5, verse 22, Mark 5, 22, Jairus met our Lord Jesus Christ and said, my daughter is sick, and I would like you to come to the house and lay hands on her for her to be healed. But then somebody interrupted our Lord Jesus Christ, the woman with the issue of blood, and wasted some time. While that time was going on, somebody comes from Jairus' house and says to him, do not bother the master again. He, she's dead. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother about the master again. You would think that would intimidate our Lord. And he would turn to him and say, oh, I'm so sorry. If not for this woman that kept us, I would have been able to make it. Hey, yeah, this. He wasn't intimidated at, all, intimidated at all. He just turned to Jairus and said, look, you, don't be afraid. Let's keep going. And he still went there and raised this woman, this girl from the dead. Hopelessness does not intimidate God. In fact, on the contrary, it seems like such hopeless situations get him excited to step in. It's as if he's more eager to even step in now that man has said this is a hopeless situation. Look at John chapter 11, for example, the case of Lazarus. That was a totally hopeless, helpless situation. Somebody who first was sick unto death, and then death came and took him. And then on top of that, he was buried, not buried one day, four days. And yet our Lord Jesus Christ is saying in that John chapter 11, no, I'm happy that I'm, I wasn't there when all this happened so that when we get there. And he still heads there, meets them crying and says, let's go to the tomb. It's as if the more hopeless it was, the more excited he was to step into that matter. He's excitedly going to the tomb. What of in Luke chapter 5 when Peter fished all night? And he looked hopeless. He didn't catch till daybreak. And then at daybreak, when the fishes are more alert, when fishermen don't fish, because you really can't catch them, he says, launch out into the deep. That's a hopeless situation. But he wasn't intimidated. And guess what? They caught. So why, why is he more, more eager to step in when there is so much hopelessness and it looks like man can no longer do anything? When we've come to the end of ourselves, so to speak. Because the more hopeless the situation is, the more glory it brings to God. That way, the, the lesser the debate about who did it. People are not going to say, well, maybe. Eh, eh, eh. Look at, for example, David and Goliath. That's a hopeless case. David had never fought a battle. David was just an ordinary shepherd. David was not even big in stature. He was small. Goliath was huge. Goliath has been fighting since he was a youth. David was just a youth. On top of that, David didn't have armor. On top of that, David didn't have a sword. Goliath had all of this. All David has was shepherd's staff and his slingshot. That was all. It, it looked like a hopeless case, but God granted him success. God granted him victory. That way, when you look at that situation, you can't argue that, well, David's skill helped him. You can't argue that, well, David's sword helped him. You can't argue it was this, it was. It will be clear that this is God. Remember that scripture when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion? They were like them that drink. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. Then said they among the heathen, there was no argument. The Lord had done great. Even the heathen acknowledged that this could not have been their strength. 
God has done great things for them. May that be the testimony people will have of you in the mighty name of Jesus. By the time they see how your life has been beautified, people will say, God has surely done this for this woman. God has surely done this for this man in the name of Jesus. So you know what I call it? The God of it's all over. The God of it's all over. When people say, oh, it's all over, it's hopeless. Pharaoh thought so. When Pharaoh and his army pursued the children of Israel and got to the Red Sea, the children of Israel had no weapons, were not trained for war. They were just laborers and slaves. Now they had the Red Sea before them, army fully armed behind them with horses and chariots. This was all over. That's what Pharaoh thought. But was it? It was all over for Pharaoh. He didn't know. What about the four armies that um, surrounded um, King Jehoshaphat and the children of Judah? We see that story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. They gathered around and surrounded them. For, for those four nations, they had counted Judah and Jehoshaphat as it's all over. You better surrender because there is no hope. But they did not factor in that there is a God called the God of it's all over. And that God turned the captivity around. What do you think doctors, the physicians said about the woman with the issue of blood that we talked about? That woman, the doctors told her, it's all over. There's nothing we can do again after she had spent all her money, all her living, according to the Bible. But then the God of it's all over stepped in and turned the situation around. She got her healing. What do you think the whole community thought about where Lazarus was buried? All of them agreed it's all over. In fact, the sister told Jesus Christ that and said, look, if you had come earlier, but now it's all over. But there is a God who is called the God of it's all over, who can turn it's all over to I can't believe it. In all of these cases, God turned it's all over to suddenly I can't believe it. Ah, in any situation where it looks like it's all over for you or for a family member, for a loved one, God, the God of it's all over, will turn it to where people begin to say, I can't believe it in the mighty name of Jesus. There's this thing they do in schools abroad, and maybe they're also doing it here now back home. They have people that they call uh, voted least likely to succeed, and those voted most likely to succeed based on what they've seen, statistics, performance, in this and that. So there are those who are like least likely to succeed. But it seems like those who have been penned down as least likely to succeed are the very ones that God prefers to step into their case. For example, Mephibosheth that we talk about in divine beautification. Mephibosheth was least likely to succeed. Crippled, least likely to succeed. Um, Living in a lowly place, low deeper, where people go and hide are least likely to succeed. Squatting in somebody's house, least likely to succeed. His father, grandfather was the one that wanted to kill the king who now reigns, least likely to succeed by all standards. But he was the one that God sought out and brought out. What about Joseph that we also used as an example? Least likely to succeed, sold into a strange land. So he didn't have connections in this land. The only people he knew are the same ones, were the same ones who had put him in the prison, Potiphar and his wife. The other one he knew and met in prison, Butler, he couldn't really trust. He said, I don't remember me. That one had forgotten him. It wasn't as if he had one phone call to make in the prison so he could call his family and say, please, I'm still alive. 
come and bail me. There was no hope. It was a hopeless case. It's all over against all odds. That's the same one God steps in and beautifies his life. David too was against all odds. Even his family didn't count him as anything. When they came to anoint a king, they did not consider him that, oh, this may likely be David. They knew that this one, there's no way this one can be a king. So don't bother calling him. Let him stay with the sheep. But that's the same one God stepped in. What of Solomon? It's as if God, those ones that have been voted least likely to succeed, are special ones that God says, yeah, this is the one I'm going to attend to. Solomon was the same. Solomon's mother came through the back, back door, Bathsheba, who slept with a married man. David went and committed adultery, killed the husband of Uriah. So it was just a messy story that brought Solomon to be. And so he may have been an outcast if you think about it. The legitimate wives will look at them and say, you that your mother is not for adultery and David killing your uh, Uriah. How would you have come into this family? An outcast, someone put aside. That's why the day that his brother was ordaining himself or anointing himself king, Adonijah, he didn't even invite him. So he was an outcast. But that's the same one. God said, it's you that I'm going to raise up. God is able to turn against all odds to above all else. Let me say it again. God is able to turn against all odds to above all else. He did it for Mephibosheth. Against all odds, he turned Mephibosheth to above all else. He did it for Joseph. Against all odds, he turned him to above all else. He did it for David. Against all odds, he turned him to above all else. He did it for Solomon. Against all odds, he turned him to above all else. Can he do it for you? I dare say he can. May he turn against all odds for you to above all else in the mighty name of Jesus. Let me quickly congratulate a few people who are bold enough to receive it and who are bold enough to believe God because it takes boldness to believe God. I want to quickly congratulate those of you over that situation where the odds are stacked against you. I say to you, congratulations. The God of divine beautification is now on your case in the name of Jesus. For those ones, you don't have, they told you, you don't have what it takes. They've announced it to you. You don't have what it takes. Congratulations, because the God of divine beautification is now on your case in the name of Jesus. For you again, men have evaluated you. They've analyzed you. They've analyzed the business, analyzed your financial flow, analyzed all this, and they have found you wanting and said it can't be impossible. It can't be possible. Congratulations. Why? Because the God of divine beautification is right now on your matter in the name of Jesus. What about you? I also want to congratulate you. The experts have given you a vote of no confidence. They have looked. The experts who know have said, no, this is, no, 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 no way. Congratulations. The God of divine beautification is right now on your case in the name of Jesus. What about you? Statistics have proven that the matter is hopeless. Nobody has ever come through this. Nobody has ever this, that, 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 that. The statistics have started against you. Congratulations. The God of divine beautification is right now on your case in the name of Jesus. Let me read this scripture and then we'll take two prayer points quickly. I love this scripture. First Corinthians chapter 1, 27 to 29. First Corinthians 1, 27, 28, 29. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world 
to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want you to pray. I remember several years ago, there was one birthday of my wife that someone came to do, <laughs> to, to some beautify, make, do all the makeup for her and everything. I wasn't home, but by the time I came back, I couldn't recognize her. Even she, when she looks at the pictures, she couldn't recognize herself, you know. And I said, if man can do this kind of thing, that you won't even be able to recognize somebody. How much more God, by divine beautification, do something in your life that even people who had seen you before will be wondering, are you sure it's the same person? The glory is too much. It couldn't have happened that fast. Can God, do he did it for Joseph. Thank you, Lord. Joseph's brothers couldn't recognize him. <laughs> God had so beautified him that his brothers who knew him, looked at him, saw him, looked through and said, no, it can't be. They didn't even think it could be. I want you to pray. What are the manifestations of divine beautifications? Two quick prayer points. One, promotion that defies logic and breaks protocol. That's divine beautification. Just like Mephibosheth, just like Joseph. It defies logic. Why would you bring a layman from nowhere and come and put him on the king's table? Why would you bring a, a prisoner who has no, no track record, no whatever, nobody knows the father or the mother or brother or sister, the last they heard of him was that he tried to rape his boss's wife. And you bring him and promote him to such a, it defies logic, it breaks protocol. I want you to pray because God can still do it today. Lift your voice and say, Father, by your hand of divine beautification, bring me into promotion that defies logic and that breaks all protocol in the name of Jesus. Bring me into the type of promotion that just defies logic in the name of the Lord Jesus, like you did for Joseph, like you did for Mephibosheth, like you did for Esther. Father, by your hand of divine beautification, in the name of Jesus, bring me into promotion, into that promotion that defies logic, that breaks all protocol, in the name of Jesus, so that the glory will be yours alone. No man will be able to share the glory. No one will be able to take the glory in the mighty name of Jesus, by your hand of beautification. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Just one, and that's where we'll stop. Divine beautification turns conspiracy that is against you into a testimony for you. It was the same case with Joseph. The conspiracy was against him. It became a testimony. Same case with Esther. Conspiracy against them. It became a testimony. Lift your voice and pray. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command every conspiracy against me to be turned to my testimony in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command every conspiracy against me to be turned into a testimony for me in the mighty name of Jesus. Conspiracies that I know, the ones I don't even know that are going on. Father, I command it to be turned into a testimony for me in the name of Jesus, into a testimony for me. Thank you, Jehovah. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for divine beautification. Every one of us will testify. Next week, oh God, there will be overflowing testimonies from every single one of us. I decree it so in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. Good afternoon.
Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Ah, we thank you. We thank you. To God be all the glory. Pastor Mecca, we honestly don't know what to say. And I think it was important that we did not miss today. Today, which brought together all the divine appointment, the favor to the beautification. So we thank you, Pastor, for continually blessing and watching us, for watching us on a weekly basis. And we thank God for his word today. We receive his word. We really thank him. We thank Nusa because that praise worship was lovely. It's always, every time, you know, he's invited, it's, we always look forward. At least I always look forward to seeing you, to hearing, to worshiping and praising. And I thank my sister who took the opening prayers. Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We ask that, you know, this thing that we receive on a very weekly basis, that we spread it. We invite more people. We spread this because this is not something to keep to ourselves. We thank the God who turns everything that we think is hopeless and turns it around. Ah, we thank the God who says, and I receive that, you know, any dream, any blessing, any mission that he's given that looks as if it's truncated, that Father, it would come to pass in all our lives. We will give testimonies, Pastor Emeka, because truly, 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 it is the word of God that you bring to us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I think we can wait for the praise. Um, Nosa is still here, so it will continue <laughs> for anybody who can wait. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Pastor Tony, because we mustn't leave without saying very a big thank you to Pastor Tony. <laughs> See what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. What you waited for has come to pass. See what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done oh see what the lord has done what we prayed for has come to pass see what the lord has done hey, see what the lord has done see what the Lord has done what we waited for has come to pass see what the Lord has done you're the God of awesome wonders we keep tasting of your power. You have shown us so much mercy, much more than we deserve. You're the God of awesome wonders. 
We've tasted of your power. You have shown us so much mercy, much more than we deserve. Jesus, you are so good. Father, you are so good. What no man can do, you have done for us. What no man can do, you have done for us. What no man can do, you have done for us. What no man can do, you have done for us. Jesus, you are so good. Hey, Father. You are so good, oh, what no man can do. You have done for us what no man can do. You have done for us what no man can do. You have done for us what no man can do. What no man can do, you have done for us. What no man can do, you have done for us. No one can take your place. No one can take your place. You are eternal. That's why we praise your name. You are forever. Oh, that's why we praise your name. Oh, you are eternal. Oh, that's why we What no man can do, you have done for me. What no man can do, you have done for me. What no man can do, you have done for me. What no man can do, you have done for us. What no man can change, you have changed for us. What no man can turn, oh, you have turned for us. What no man can do, you have done for us. What no man
And you still hear the same. You still raise the dead. You still do amazing things. My way. And I so get an You still hear prayers. I know you still answer when we call. You always keep your promise. Now you're Now you're
Praise God, praise God, praise God. Wow, what a, an amazing worship and the word session we've had. Again and again, I want to say thank you, Pastor Emeka. Thank you so much for the word. And Minister Nosa, thank you for the beautiful worship, literally in God's presence. Thank you so much. And to everyone who has joined us, fellowship, thank you so much for the time we've had together, you know, worshiping and praising and praising and declaring God's word. Thank you so much. And we look forward to having you next week, Friday, by the special grace of God and in God's presence. Thank you and have a fantastic and a beautiful, beautiful weekend.